You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant, and today we're talking about Soul. The Soul of America. The new Pixar movie Soul on Disney+. Plus. And the definition of what a soul can be. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Ooh, this is exciting. Are you making fun of me? Yes. Listen, man, y'all don't fall for that fuckery, man. Listen, everybody can't do what they doing. You dig what I'm saying? Don't know. We just let us continue to sit back and watch and watch this shit. Let them unfold their hands. Y'all don't. Don't. Nope. We we continue to, to protest how we protest. We will not go and terrorize the White House because you know why? We not them type of people. We not doing what they doing. We ain't gonna never do what they did. Don't let them put that thought into y'all head. They even feel like you can do that. It's a trick. It's a trick. It's a trick. That was DC Young Fly, TRL host and, you know, Wild and Outstar. He was a TRL host? Apparently. What the fuck? I did not know that. Well, that's the that's first thing in his Instagram bio. Oh, okay. Whatever the yeah. fuck. I didn't know but, that. But, uh, yeah, some pretty good advice because the white people out here be crazy. And it is a trap. I'm not falling for that shit that your cousins and your friends are putting out there. Yeah, my, my white people. <laughs> not not, not your the, actual cousins. Here's the thing, Mike. Here's the thing about white people right now. We're going through some shit, okay? And I don't want to hear... <laughs> I don't want to hear... You you don't care because I know you don't care. But I'm just saying it for the record that white people do not know what the fuck they're protesting. Uh, I, like what? we we handed out some flyers and some pamphlets over the summer last year. <laughs> we gave y'all some bullet points. We were like money, education, civil rights. They were like, here's some things you can protest. And everybody was like, no, I want to protest masks. And I was like, no, that's not. That's stupid. Let's protest some real shit. Yeah, and so now you've got, you know, these Trump-supporting crazies jumping the border to or the border wall that Trump erected around, you know, Capitol Hill, and they stormed the, the building, and I guess basically they're just hanging out and they're taking selfies with the cops. This is... As far as I can tell. This is complete nuts. Like, I didn't even want to talk about this, but, like, we have to because it's happening. It's literally happening right now. Like, this right is, now. This is on Wednesday. We're recording on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, as we speak... This shit is going down. So I'm like, ugh, I don't want to talk about this foolishness. But they like literally they literally hanging from the fucking walls and shit. Like, I don't know what other thing to describe them as, but monkeys. But I, well, like, the only thing I let's call them the moose people because their leader is that guy with the moose horns, as far as I, I don't know can if tell. he's a leader. I don't know what that that Dollar Tree the Braveheart looking motherfucker was, but that is nuts. Yeah, that this was is insane. And it really, it's just it, what it boils down to is they replaced politics and Donald Trump as with their God. Because they just are, you know, searching for, some, soul searching for something. They found this guy who, what does he really stand for? I don't know. So what do you have to say to the people that are comparing this to the to the riots or protests or uh, the unrest of last summer, summer of 2020? Uh, what do I have to say to the people who are comparing it? Or what yeah, do I have to say Yeah, because they're like, the they're like, hey, this like... They were protesting and being very un, uh, unlawful and, oh. and stuff. So F- why is this off. different? Fuck off. If if a hundred black people or a thousand black people are doing exactly what the, those crazy Trump supporters are doing right now at Capitol Hill, oh, oh, they would be dead. Or they would have been shot. Or they, uh, hundreds of them would have been but arrested and fact- handcuffed and shot in the face with rubber bullets. Oh, there's no, there's no question. So, so no. That's but the problem is, is that we can make a statement like that, and it's a normal statement. Yeah. So, like, I'm just, I, that's where I'm upset, is that we can, you can literally put your mouth together and say that if black people would do the same thing that they're doing right now at Capitol Hill, oh, they would have been dead already. They would have been shot up, or they would have, they would have stopped it. Exactly, we, which is the problem. But, you know, it's like... This is crazy. This is, I literally feel like the person, like, 
like I'm looking outside in my neighborhood and there's this little crackhead, redneck, hillbilly white family and they having some infighting between their family and they like throwing each other's furniture and shit and they're cussing and like, Jim Bob, you fucked my sister and I got meth in the kitchen. Like that's what it looked like right now. And they throwing all this shit out in the yard and we just like, I'm just looking out my window like, oh, y'all see this shit? Like I'm not trying to get in there because it's like they're acting a fool. Like I'm going to take DC Young Fly's words and be like, do not get involved. This is not not right now because it's a trap. Like, yeah, black people are people of color. We gonna we gonna start talking and jump up in this, and next thing you know, we getting thrown into somebody's jail. That's why that's why I started with with how white people are doing right now because this is a white people thing. Yeah, now they're protesting. You know, Joe Biden or whoever else, or I guess everyone hates Kamala Harris, so that's probably who, who? they think they're protesting. All of the Proud Boy, you know. Republican Trump supporter people oh, hate wow. Kamala. Wow, they hate a black or she's a worse biracial than woman to them. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. So I don't know. No uh, one cares about the Proud Boys. I know, but they're they're involved apparently. No one cares about you. I'm I sorry. I think this was good. This was on Twitter. This is written by Danny Fernandez. It says, "Imagine terrorizing a country you still have the most privilege in." <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's you're literally like the, you're the favorite child and you're throwing a fit. Yeah. Meanwhile, the middle child and the youngest child are like, bitch, what's wrong with you? Or like this one by uh, Derek A. Uh, Biden. This is not America. Narrator. It was America. <laughs> <laughs> like the whole thing about, uh, and I think it's like, the, you know, it kind of works out well that we're starting with this craziness going on right now. And Joe Biden's theme song for the 2020 election was he wants to reclaim the soul of America well, this is kind of America. This is it's, the soul of it's America. It's protesting. It's racism. Entitlement. It's white, white entitlement. White privilege. Uh, entitlement from everybody. Entitlement from everybody. Yeah, everyone is entitled. There's entitlement from everybody because there. I mean, this is not a popular opinion, but I think sometimes true causes and true oppression gets clouded by people just wanting the easy way out. They're, mm. like, they're both things that are happening at the same time. Like, yes, there are some crazy injustices, but yes, there also are people who are just trying to get over on the system and just trying to benefit from doing the, the minimum. Who, who are you accusing of that right now? Everybody? Not everybody, but there's a good amount of Americans. Like, at the same time, like, why, while a lot of Americans do need help because of the pandemic, there are some that also are just cheating the system. And and getting over on the system now because of the pandemic and finding ways to get more money that they don't need and th- and aid that they don't need. Yeah, but a lot of those people are white business owners. I, I didn't I didn't <laughs> say who it was, what color they were, or yeah, which tax true. bracket I'll they originally it. belonged to. I'll say it. it's a lot of people who are just trying to steal money right now, and yeah. everyone wants to accuse that it's all the millennial socialists, but it's not. It's if the millennial socialists knew how interest. to do that, they would not be millennial socialists. Yeah, if we knew how to steal money, we would, we would be like, yeah, we'd be chilling. We'd be like, capitalism who? Yeah, we would enjoy capitalism. Yeah. Um, so, this is nuts. So, yeah, the soul of America is damaged. Yeah, it's taken some hits. I mean, the soul of America, I guess my point was, this is, a, this is America, to quote Childish Gambino. Like... Yeah, this is this is what you get after four years of just ratcheting it up and ratcheting it up. Of course, this is going to happen, but that's that's not good. That's not this is not what I thought America was about. This is not what you know I want America to be, nor what the soul of America is to be. I mean, all right, is anyone having fun right now? I don't know. I don't know where someone thought that the same group that was like throwing rallies and like rioting, screaming, acting a damn fool when they were in charge and won for the last four years, they were in charge and they had a rally almost every month and they had they had protests even like about, you know, masks and vaccines and all kinds of crazy shit while opening up the stores and stuff. They, yeah. they, were, they were still like civilly uh, disturbed or, or <laughs> there was a civil unrest amongst Republicans and Trump supporters and people who are conservative and they were in the position of power so obviously they're going to be mad when that power is taken away because they were mad when they had it yeah that's true and that's why like all the 
ride or die Trump people are freaking out and lashing out right now because their entitlement is being challenged and their heroes being taken from them. Well, you know, they're being told they're losers and it's all rigged and their response is, well, how, how, how dare you, you know, take this away from us? But did they forget on how to be white? Like you literally could just stop talking about the bad thing and everyone will forget that you were part of the bad thing. Yeah, but... Like, literally just take the trap, the Trump hat off and no one will know the difference. No, everyone will be like, forgot. They, they will literally move on. They, didn't we, don't we do that about everything else? Isn't this the same country that had slaves, the same country that lynched a bunch of you, the same country that blew up Tulsa, the same country that allowed churches to get bombed continually, even in the most recent years, the same country that killed Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Megar Evers. This is the same country that did all that shit. And somehow we're here. We're here now. So we so just do what you've been doing, white America, and just brush that shit under the fucking rug that is completely overfilled with problems. And then we can move on to the next thing. <laughs> but this but, is what this is what happens when you invest so much of your personal identity into the personal success and failure of another person. You're left feeling empty when that person fails you. Do you feel like that? No, that's how these Why people not? feel. Do I not feel that way about Donald Ever. Trump? Ever? No, ew, not about Donald Trump. Just like as a as a man in America. I don't of know. course I do. Of course I put my stake in heroes who let me down. That happens all the time. But you know what? I ha- also have a personal identity of my own, and I can I can say, I like yeah I'm. I don't know. I got that white guy confidence. <laughs> it's like just use it for the good. Don't use it for evil. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I honestly, I think in 2020 and 2021, especially we're seeing now, I think white people are just forgetting on how to be white. <laughs> like it. Like there's been so much like protests and like progress that like they're slowly just losing it's like you're losing your superpowers and so it's just like we don't have to fucking do we're like how do you be white again they're like forgetting how to be white it's because we we can't decide how to be white anymore because it used to be a certain way it used well because be... it seems bad what it seems like it's bad to be it now and that's the thing that i don't want that, well, that's what that's what they're protesting and that's how they feel but that's not what anybody is saying well, like it, no what no i don't i could see some people feeling that it, the, that that's what some people are saying, if that makes well, sense. Well, then I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm not personally one of those people. I don't think sure. anyone should be ashamed of who they are. No, nobody. Well, yeah, you can't change it. No human being ever, period, point blank. I don't give a fuck where you come from, what color you are. No one should be ashamed of who they are. Now, being aware of, of, of what being the person you are can entail, that is important. Understanding where you come from, where your heritage comes from, and where your identity and what it's rooted in and what it means to be that in America is important. If you are a woman, if you are a man, if you are black, you're blue, green, polka dot, you should understand what those things mean in America. And so you can avoid the problematic parts of it and you can promote the good parts of it. But there is a there is a weaponized economic incentive for certain people to push out these narratives that say, oh, hey, this is that that stuff's not true. This is what it means to be white. And those other people that are saying the opposite of that. Oh, they're just trying to say that, ooh, this thing like systemic racism doesn't exist or this thing like systemic racism exists and therefore you need to feel ashamed about yourself. That The thing is like that narrative is out there. So there's a difference between not feeling shame about who you are and your identity and there's a difference with actively like thinking that other people are trying to shame you and pushing back against them to the point where you take over the Capitol building. Like, I don't that's the response to like... I don't want to be shamed, so I'm going to fucking dangle from the fucking walls of the Capitol building like a fucking psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know. I mean, I wrote Do this, you, boo-boo. I, I wrote this back in, like, uh, the second episode of the show, but it's like, when the veil of white male supremacy gets pierced even for a second, it's like someone punched a hole in our oxygen suit in the middle of space and we're left to flail around desperately grasping for air because it feels like we're choking or something. It's like... Like... It's just, it's a, it's a lot for us, apparently. Yeah. Meanwhile, know. the whole fucking time, to use your analogy, the yeah. person was like, I'm going to punch a hole in your fucking space suit. 
I'm letting you know, if you continue to be the way you are and hog all the oxygen, I'm going to punch a hole in your fucking spacesuit. And then the white person or whoever this this metaphorical person is is like, yeah. I'm not listening to you. And then they punched a hole in the fucking spacesuit. Like, <gasps> it's like I told happen? you. How could my own choices have led me here? I told you. You could you could have shared the oxygen, or you can get a, a hole punch in that shit, and then you can die from. Exfixation. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so dark. Uh, so, I mean, like, the soul I, of America. This is where we're gonna. That's as much as I'm gonna leave on the soul of America. Yeah, the soul. And soul. Because soul. soul is the theme here. Yeah. Um, I want to go from there to talk about the soul as the soul, like within us as a human being and a person. Because I think it's, I think it's important for us to. To try to look at each other, like not not to be like the, the whole colorblind list, like no, nah, nah, I don't see any color and I don't see race on that. Fuck that shit. That shit is stupid. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is like for me as a person, I've tried I've moved into this space where I'm trying to see each other and see people as who we are from when we started. Way before we hit the earth, way before we hit this planet, way before we hit each other's eyes, whatever, the five senses. Before we got to that point, what were we before then? And I, I'm under the understanding that we were some form of soul or we, we were all some form of just energy. Yeah, and a lot of people want to relate that to heaven, to God, to whatever other religions have. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of different like versions of that throughout no matter what you believe. Yeah. But yeah. basically, yeah, like I I think it's important if you see people as that, there is an equality and an equity that is that is hard to discover, hard to find once we get into these skin bags and then everybody starts putting things on it. Like, oh you're white, you're tall, you're short, you're man, you're woman, you're from Africa, you're from Europe, you're from you know, sure. like that, that that we put a lot of bullshit on it. Yeah, but before definitely. that, we're just, you know, an idea <laughs> uh, of a human being. And like uh, to give, to start this off with like a definition, I'm going to take this definition from uh, Brahma Kumaris, which is like spiritual LA like group, whatever it's from India and it's international. It's all over the damn world. But I was introduced to them uh, through a good friend of mine, his mother, and they have a lot of good information. And so I take and pull some information from them. And I, I think it's great because you because you're able to look at this stuff with spirituality uh, next to your religion. Like so if you're a Christian, mm. if you're uh, Jewish, if you're, I don't know, Hindu or anything like that. Muslim. You, Muslim. Like you can you can look at spirituality next to that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It, it, it goes hand in hand. Um, yeah. so, so they can go, they can partner up with each other. So this is what Bravo Kumar says to say about the soul. Um, and it kind of starts off with like a quote and gets all poetic and shit. That's how they write it. But, uh, <laughs> so it says, let there be light and more light at this time of dark attitudes. When gloom and mental distress plague many lives, you may be ready for something fresh in your life that adds bounce to your step. Something that is free, something that is always there. Some call it a soul, zest, or raison d'etre, um, which is like French for like reason for being, I think. Mm. Uh, a powerful sense of self drawn from a wellspring inside our mind and body that makes each new day worth a cheerful hello. This reservoir of positive energy can be called the soul. It is a tiny and invisible, it is tiny and invisible to the human eye. The soul sparkles with spiritual power. The soul is naturally sweet and loving. The soul is peaceful. The soul holds memories. The soul is unique. And then um, pulling from another part of their information. So if you go to their website, you can see all of this stuff. If you want to learn more about what they think and all this stuff like that, it's very um, insightful. But then they also say... The soul has seven innate qualities inherited from the supreme soul, which is uh, the word of the name, the descriptor that they give to God. So mm -hmm. people, you know, people, anybody can call it a supreme soul. Could be Allah, God, whatever. You know, everybody got different ways for it. Right. But um, so they, the supreme soul qualities that are inherited are purity, peace, love, joy, bliss, powers, and knowledge. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about each of those, but you kind of know what those words mean. Let us explore to say virtues and bring them into practice, um, into practice in our everyday life. So basically, 
Uh, the reason why I focus so much on trying to understand people's souls, maybe it's because I'm a cancer and I'm just empathetic like that. Uh, mm. But it also helps me relate to people beyond having to physically be live their experiences. Because I don't know that many black guys that are 32 years old turning 33 that are same curly hair as me. Grew up in the same place as me, did all the same things as me. That's so how who else am I gonna like 100 percent relate to if I if I'm only looking for that? Like I can only blame people who are exactly like me. That's not gonna happen. Yeah. You're talking about relate to you in like er, like earthly ways, like yeah, like, ident- just, like or just connect experience. Yeah, you know, how do we how can we connect with each other or appreciate each other or understand each other if we're only trying to look for people that are just like us? That's true. Like I don't know what these proud boys are out here. Like the world, you're the world is so much bigger than you. Like, what if they got what they wanted? And it was so what? Just all like, just got rid of every person of color and, and woman. I don't know what they want, but they just got they rid don't of all know of them. What they want. And That's it's just problem. yeah, and it's just all white men in America. Well, yeah. there's still a whole fucking world full of everybody else. That's true. So what are you gonna do? Not interact with them? You're not gonna you're not gonna want to be around them or didn't because you hate them all. That's not how the world works. It's not that easy. Like you, like it, it, you, it. Their goal is impossible. So, <laughs> um, yeah, they'll 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 die trying to. to yeah, get they'll that. just die trying. So yeah. that's why I'm like, I want to relate. I want to be able to relate to everybody, even them, and try to find a way. And the only way I can do that is if I look at people for for what they were when they first started, but way before they even got here. Mm-hmm. And that's like trying to relate to their soul and being like, maybe this person has you know went through a lot in their life. So that's mm-hmm. why they're a little uh, angry, or that's why they're a little short, or that's why they're sad, or that's why they're always happy, or that's why they're gullible or oblivious. Like there's always different things that could come about because the soul experienced so many things. And and there are people that believe you experienced some stuff in your past life and you bring it over into your new life. That's why like uh, some babies, you know, are like very uh, quiet or some babies cry a lot. Or some kids are super smart. Or some kids are dumb as fuck. Or some people are just, <laughs> like, like it's, it's at the, yeah. people. Some people believe that you bring you carry things over in your past life. Sure. Um, and so, like, I don't know. It. This is the one like rah rah kumbaya type shit that I'm into. But it yeah. really has helped me at least in my life growing up in a, a very predominantly white area where everyone was conservative, everyone was basically borderline racist. Like, the only way I can get through all that was trying to relate to people uh, beyond what I physically could see. Because what I could physically see, I was like, oh, we ain't ain't on no same page at all. So I I really try to focus on the soul. I didn't have the words for it back then because I was a lot younger. But then as I got older now, I'm like, and learned a little bit more and got involved with more communities and more groups, I started to be like, oh, that's what 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 I'm trying to do is connect with people's souls. Pretty much That's how cool. I live my whole life, like now, whether it's it's through love or anything like that, or through you know family relationships, anything like that. It's like trying to connect with people beyond the the physical. I feel like I'll do that where to a certain degree, and I don't know if this relates to like soul relativity, relate relating to people soul to soul, but I just always try to find things that people that other people like and and are interested in, and try and like. You know, when I talk to them, like try and include that aspect in, in you know, whatever conversation we have, because it's like so like I like to find out like what people like and what their like what their interests and passions are and, you know, try and like relate to them on that level and relate it back to, you know, my passions and interests, even if they're not the same thing. It might, you know, I might be able to relate to you as like, you know, a, a craftsman with me and my writing or, or yeah. you know, things like that. I don't know if that's the same thing, but. See, well, like, what if, to, to, to give it, like, a definition for this, uh, how I see it, is, like, there could be person A. Person A loves baseball cards. Baseball cards bring them joy. They bring them bliss. They bring them happiness. All those things that they said that the soul is made up of, right? Mm-hmm. Now, person B doesn't like baseball cards. So they're like, like at all? I don't, I, yeah, no, they don't like it at all. So yeah. they're like, I can't relate to you. Eh, not true, because the baseball cards is not the thing to relate to. The right. ba- the feeling that you get from the baseball cards is the thing to relate to. Yeah. So then person B says, oh, I really like, I don't know, shopping. 
And so they say, well, what, have, what, what do you feel like when you go shopping? They go, oh, I, get, I feel joy, bliss, happiness. And, oh, those are the same things I feel. Bam. They both can bond on how happy they feel when they do the thing that they like. Yeah. That's what you connect on. You don't need to connect on the on the, the little thing. You need to like, if one person says, I feel like the country is mistreating me. I feel ignored. I feel like nobody cares about me. My family has been poor for years. I feel forgotten. If you just leave it at that, period. Done. So many people can relate. But then what True. we try to do is go, as a white man. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, now you'd have lost, you'd have lost a whole bunch of people. Because no, that that has nothing to that that part doesn't have anything to do with it. Every, that's that's a limited group now. You made it a limited group. You could have you could have broadened it out. The people can relate off of emotion. There's so much in common with with this crazy, racist, forgotten white guy who's a militia dude storming the Capitol. There's so much in common with him and a person who is the that like a person of color that grew up in the city that was mistreated by the cops. They have a lot in common, but they focus on the one part that they don't: the baseball cards and the I like shopping, and yeah. versus the and, and instead of the emotion. So that's just, why they take away the the soul part of it. Well, it's like the villainization that comes into it. It's like we make each other villains when it's like if ever. I, I, my opinion is if you start from the point of, oh, I can contr- I contribute. I'm a villain. And then you you look at like or I or if you want to say I've been mistreated in some way if you want to look yeah. at it that way, and then you can say I, I'm either contributing to this or I'm affected by this. Now it involves me in a way that doesn't villainize someone else. And then we can if everybody came to it from that standpoint, then everyone would say, well, how do we fix it then? If we're all either villains or we're all either you know mistreated by by this issue or or in in life in general. But my my thing is like you don't even it doesn't even have to be you don't need a villain or you don't a villain doesn't need to be a person. That's yeah. A villain being a person is just like I'm just what I'm what I'm getting at like creating the villain is that person A saying that I do not like shopping so I hate shopping. That you don't have to do all of that. Yeah. You could just not like shopping. The other person likes it. We're not trying to make you relate on that. But so many people, like, have you ever had this happen where you relate to someone because you both don't like this other thing and you, like, have a, like, negative relationship in that but regard? But see, but, but the foolish part about it is that we are, that those two people are focusing, they think it's the thing that they don't like. No, the thing they're bonding off of is how they feel about it. Damn, Which true. is like the, wow. they both are frustrated by it. They're bonding off of the frustration, not yeah. the, not the actual thing. The emotional connection. Yeah. The emotional connection. Cause yeah. you, cause the one that, cause the, the actual thing is just one word and you're done with it. Yeah. Like, like using Star Wars as some as an example. If two people like are bitching about Star Wars and like, I hate it. Yeah. Because he did this. Yeah. And in episode three, he did this. And in episode four, he did this. And it made me so mad. They stole my childhood. Wah, wah, wah. You're, you're bonding over all of that. Yeah. Not not the oh just we hate Star Wars. No, yeah, you were bonding off of all the substance well, that you gave to. But it. then don't they get into finer fights once there's like the, when you're fighting over the details that don't actually matter? And you're like, no, I'm more mad about it because of this. Like, no, I'm more mad because of that. Do like, people people get do people battle about who's mad, more mad about shit? I think that's the subtext of what happens when we get into fights over dumb things like Star Wars. I you thought it's say, because people some people love it and some people hate it. I think that that'll happen, but there's a lot of people who will fight each other over why it's bad or why it's wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm maybe I'm that's more of the government where it's like we can't all well, agree on what's okay, wrong with our country. That, that's that's but fine. Everybody's mad about something. I'll 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 take that. Yeah. People fight over who they're mad about what they're mad about about it like like because that's still focusing on one on the physical thing of it. Yeah. Versus like but both just come to understand you both don't feel good. Yeah. You both don't you both feel terrible because of this thing. Can't we that, unite over that? Yes, we're not over emotion. If people focused on emotions, ooh, we the government would be in trouble. Yeah. The world would be in trouble if if all of us as a community and a collective were like everyone who's ever felt disappointed by a job before, raise your hand. Everyone who's ever felt neglected by the government, raise your hand. Everyone who ever felt villainized for who you were born to be, who you were born as, raise your hand. Everyone, you know, like that's a lot of people. It's not, it's not, you you start to lose those, those like little qualifiers that, that I think sometimes people in power like those qualifiers because it separates us. It's basically how we got to this point in America in the first place where they basically told the poor white man that you're better than a black person 
when yeah. actuality totally. that, that would have that was the black started. person's biggest ally was a poor white person because they live right next door to the black people. But because they obviously black people didn't get become free from being slaves and then suddenly live in high rises. No, they were poor and didn't have anywhere to go. So they were being sharecroppers just like these white people were being sharecroppers in the port from the poor communities. Yeah, so, totally. Uh, it's well, but there's a lot of people who would argue, yeah, sure, connecting on emotion is good in one to one relationships, but do we really want to run our country or run our world on emotion? Emotion is so fickle. There's a lot of people might say that. So, what would you say? Oh, to emotion that? is fickle, but Mitch McConnell has been fucking sound. He's been fucking uh, strategically and diplomatically sound his entire fucking uh, tenure of being a senator. Well, he's a bad example because have you ever seen that dude express any emotion other than? Well, I'm Lin- a little bit flustered by this. Ugh. Lindsey Graham, that, yeah. he's not fickle. Like this is the thing. Well, is like, the thing is, the people example. can want to say they don't want to run off of emotion, but we're going to. Your body is going to do it no matter fucking what. Because yeah. what I'm getting at is that before you were even a human being in a skin and in, in, with bones and eyes and all that, you were a soul. You were emotion. That's all you were. You were literally just a just a bundle of emotion, just floating around. So that's the one thing you know how to do. And that's the one thing that's a constant that will happen no matter fucking what. You can be like, oh, no, I'm a badass. I don't, I'm emotionless. I don't care. Bitch, please try me. You're going to get on Twitter. You're going to complain and say the election is rigged. And you're going to whine and cry about it because you are, you are speaking off of emotion. Well, like I said, white guys like me, uh, you know, not to take away from the point you're making about souls. We're the most like emotional and sensitive because we're so our one problem is entitled is uh, is criticism. No, I think you, so are the, you are the community that that thinks that you are the least emotional. And well, that, we think we're the least, but we are the most because because you suppress it the most. Exactly. So it comes out in these weird ways. We're like, where the hell did that come from? Why did he shoot up sixteen people? We know. Maybe we told you has... though. We told. We knew why you were going to shoot those people. Who's we? The everyone else besides white men. <laughs> Well, then how do we fix ourselves? That's a, no, we'll get to that with White Devil. Sure. It's hard to talk about this conversation about soul without getting to the movie soul, which you and I both watched. Yes. So that's where, I mean, basically, so think, keep in mind what I, what I am saying about, about the, the soul and now thinking about the movie. I'm going to try my best not to give away spoilers. But anyway, so this movie comes out December 25th. It has Jamie Foxx playing the voice or doing the voice of the main character. He's a jazz teacher. Uh, he's like, you know, down and out trying to, he wants to be a jazz musician. He's but, like, you know, always trying, you know, yeah, one what step could have, should have type yeah, situation. Yeah. Um, and basically something happens to him and then he turns to this fucking little blue spirit. Like he's a soul for most of the movie. And there's two things I want to talk about, obviously here, but the one, the one thing is just like, there were a lot of people that were up in arms about, the character being transformed so early on. Transformation without representation, right? Isn't that the... Or representation without transformation. That's the... I guess. Race. I don't know. We be having some weird ass fights. I'm going to say... I will say that at the end of the day, the the, the black car- cartoon characters like being transformed into animals. This is, this is like the black community's like... I don't want to wear a mask type protest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is like, this is, it's like, really? Are we protest? Are we really mad about a fucking Disney movie? Is that what we're fucking mad about? Yeah. I mean, how I about think is he mad about the country problems. Disney was created in? Yeah. But okay. But it does happen a lot. Like you have a list here. Spies in disguise. Princess and the frog is the big one. Brother bear. It's not, yeah. not doesn't just affect black people. And, I mean, that's, uh, you know, BIP BIPOC. So yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. And emperor's new group. Yes. All movies that, you know, had were about people of color, BIPOC, and uh, they all transformed into animals. Yes. The only two that didn't were Pocahontas and Moana, I think. I was thinking about Moana. And Mulan. Yeah. Those, they didn't transform. But Mulan did become a man for her whole movie. So maybe maybe she did transform. With the ones that are based on like, you know, urban legends or like myths or or old stories, like that is definitely like a fairy tale trope. But it's like it it, to me where where it becomes racist is like that's the only story you could tell about a Chinese woman. That's the only story you could tell about um, a Native American guy. That's not what happens, though, in Princess and the Frog. They change the story. That's true. In Princess and the Frog, you're right. It's just a, it's a princess, a frog, and a princess kisses him. Yeah. And she turns into a prince. Yeah. 
Like she doesn't turn into a frog. They changed that. So okay, that's so true. That, that I mean, we already talked about this before on an episode way back when. So the the thing is, I never saw the movie Soul as a black movie. I never saw this as like Pixar. I was like Pixar's making a black movie. Like I was like, what do you mean? Like it I wasn't. I yeah. don't care about that. Like this is not no. Like this isn't. This wasn't gonna be like this, the movie that saves us. Like, we need to calm down with that. There's a difference for me. The reason why Black Panther was so important, because he's literally called Black Panther. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on now. That So that movie is about Africa. And it is about a black superhero that is all about black culture. And it takes pieces from black history and black culture. That's why that is a black. That's why that was a big deal for us. And, and, it, and it showed. But Soul is a movie that clearly is using like a double entendre about Soul within the music, Soul uh, with like the spirituality. Yeah. And then I, I guess later on down the line, they were like Soul as in Soul in relation to like African-Americans and, and Soul music and, you know, Soul black culture. Mm. Um, but it was made by a white guy. So like that's why I already wasn't even... Um, that worried about it being like perfect because the guy who did like Up and Monsters Inc. and Inside Out is the guy who made this movie. Mm. So it's clearly like a, a, just another version of that. If you watch it, you can see like elements of like Up because there's a relationship between an older guy and a, and a young and a younger uh, younger entity. Uh, but it's not humans in this one. And then uh, like Monsters Inc. There's a whole underground world that's inner workings mm. and a system of how things work that people like normal humans are not aware of. Did he also do Inside Out? He did Inside Out, and we already know the comparison of that because yeah. it's all about emotion and, and totally. thing, you know things yeah, that are not similar. physical. It felt similar to all this. That makes total sense. Very similar. Yeah. So it's it's uh, that's why I that, I'm like that's cool. That movie was going to get made regardless, and seeing movies that were going to get made regardless. Uh, incorporate black people in it is awesome. That's what I want. Mm, yeah, that's. I it, mean, that's that's the that's what representation should be. That's it's what representation everywhere. should be. Yeah, it should be like literally like, oh, we're gonna fucking make the Spider Man movie, but this time around we'll make a Miles Morales, and it's like, oh, tight. They yeah. didn't have to do that, but they did it. When they when you when you're doing something where you don't have to do it, that is true progress for me. Now yeah. this movie didn't. This movie could have been made with a white guy, an Asian guy, a, a Hispanic guy. Like any, it could have been made with anyone. Isn't it ironic though that that's the thing that makes racists the most mad? Like that's the thing they're mad about. They're like, oh, they put a black guy in here and he didn't even need to be in here. This is a gay <laughs> character. He didn't even need to be here. That because that's I think when a when a bigot gets mad, I think that's when something was did right. The progress truly happened. Yeah. I think you're right. Because they have no problem with Black Panther. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Black superhero, sure. Like, shit, imagine if, like, uh, a, a young senator and then a black senator beat out these, like, career fucking white Republican senators in the midst of, like, a black woman being the vice president. Don't you think that people yeah. would get mad? The biggest would be oh, mad. Oh, that's why they <laughs> took over the Capitol building. Oh, I forgot. They're mad as hell. Yeah, this is racism. Like, they're just mad. Uh, it's, it's progress. It's resistance in the face of progress. And yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But, so with the Soul movie. Wasn't there two directors? Well, they brought in a black director. Okay. Like later on, but they brought him in like at the last minute, like how some people probably think with this podcast that you started the podcast and then you brought me in so you can seem progressive. Do people think that? I don't know. That's that's a that's a conspiracy theory I just created right now. <laughs> that's that, kind of awesome. That people were like, "Oh, Grant actually started this podcast to make himself feel about better about his whiteness," and then he brought Mike in like later on. And was well, like, "Well, I mean, how am I doing?" <laughs> terribly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but, That's hilarious. That's um, funny. Yeah, so they brought a black guy in. Who is is Kent Powers? He actually is the guy who wrote One Night in Miami. Oh, I'm which, so excited for yes, that. He didn't. He didn't write the, or maybe he wrote the movie. I don't know. He wrote the play. Did he write, he the, wrote play? the original. Oh, and okay. Regina King, you know, directed. They adapted it for Amazon for the big screen. So it's gonna look. I'm, I mean, I'm ready for that. That's yeah. so awesome. It has like. Uh, who is it? Jim Brown and is it Jim Brown in it? Muhammad Ali. I don't know the oh the four, Malcolm X. Yeah. Um, Sam Cooke. 
Tim Cook is the fourth one. There you go. Okay. Yeah. But yes, they all, it's basically the black folks, Midnight in Paris, and I'm all for it. See, you don't need Woody Allen. Fuck that guy. We sure don't. Um, <laughs> but um, so basically, they brought this guy in, which is great. I still think that's all, like, it was a little late, they, but they did that with Mulan. They do that all the time. You know, Disney is, Disney be slipping. They be tripping and slipping and falling, but mm. at least they try. Yeah. They have to. At they the last minute. There, yeah. Yeah. They, they try <laughs> at the last minute, but they try. Yeah. So it's, I was excited for it. And I, I will say at first I was very critical of the movie just because I, I bit the bullet or I not bit the bullet, but I bit the bait. And I yeah. said that, oh yeah, okay. They're just going to make him not even a black guy for most of the movie. I was and nervous stuff like about that. it going in. And I, I agreed with every, with everyone and what they said. But, what did you think about how it was done without spoiling it? So there's this like uh, Facebook group that I'm part of called Black Screenwriters. But yeah. in it, there was this one woman, she wrote about the movie Soul. And I was like, ooh, I like what she said. Because originally, I was very critical of the movie. But then this is what she says. She says, uh, her name is Lachelle. She says, I'm having trouble with a lot of critiques on this film. The issue seems to be to lie, and people aren't taking away the underlying message that there is a soul inside of all of us that exists at the core of who we are. Um, and she says, for example, who you are when all of your identities and labels are removed. That was what I was talking about uh, at the start. True. Um, so she says, I'm also having trouble understanding why people keep saying 22 was a white woman when gender was never specified, and they could change their voice to anything. Um, and ultimately landed on the voice of a middle-aged white woman because it annoys people. Yeah, I don't want to get into that, but they, they make a comment about that. Yeah. They, they, they address it, why it's Tina Fey's voice. Yeah. Um, and then they say there seems to be an expectation of the black identity to be central to the story in a way that would have felt muddled. Why can't black characters be a vehicle for telling imaginative stories about existentialism when white characters do it all the time? Why is there an expectation for an animated film to tackle the complexities of the black experience when even when the through line of the film is about something that transcends the black character featured in it? Mm, I understand people having expectations that were not met, but at a certain point, we have to meet the art where it's at in order to appreciate it. So I, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I think the story was bigger. Like I'm saying, the story is about soul. It's bigger than the black identity. They didn't yeah. need to all of a sudden the movie. He's like, all right, now let me talk about black lives matter. No, mm. I think the subtleties of seeing his relationship with his mother, seeing the relationship with his mother's friends, his dad being a musician and his mom being like, don't, don't give your life into this and, and lose yourself like your dad did. All those things are things that black people, when we were watching it, we were like, ooh, we look at, you know, we look at our cousin, we look at our mom, we look at our dad, we're like, this hits home. Like, well, these are things that we get. That is, that, that, they, they put black cultural elements in it. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 I kind of think sometimes the people that are nitpicking are probably just white social justice warriors who are, who are like trying to defend for us. And I'm like, you sometimes you just shut up because like, uh, <laughs> like it, they did a good job, I think. Yeah, I related I, to him as a black character, but I also didn't need it. I didn't need it to be like, this is a protest movie. Yeah, totally. Well, I, I liked it a lot. Um, and I, I related to Joe on multiple levels, but primarily because he's a, He's an artist and he's just like so hyper focused on his music and making it and that he's going to feel a certain way when he does. And he's like so focused on that. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting the way that they handled that. And then there's also 22 who's this person uh, like soul that doesn't really think that they can that, that they have they're interested in in being alive and what it has to offer, which yes. is interesting. And so my one of my questions for you, like watching it which you said you liked it. Who did you relate to more Joe or 22? If anyone did you, did you, what did you relate to in the film? Um, I will say I, I, my whole life, I think I was 22. And then as I got older, I, I went into Joe's body. <laughs> like okay. I will, I will say that I learned a lot. I was, I was, you know, I was listening to rock music and rap music, and I liked, uh, I don't know, Sister Sister and Family Matters. But then I also watched The Hills, and I also watched, 
you know, I don't know, shows that white people typically watch. And yeah, then I also just very diverse in that, like, what, like, because, like, 22 is like that in the movie, like, yeah, very we're not gonna give away too much. Yes, for multiple for multiple reasons because they've been a, not a soul for or they've been a soul for such a long time, yes. Like, yeah. Um, and so, in that, and I and I felt like I lived a lot, and I was like, but I'm living all, all over the place, I don't know who the fuck I am. And then mm. at a certain point, I was like, I'm a black man and I'm proud to be it. Even though I know it's going to piss people off if I talk about me being black. I know it's going to piss people off if I talk about my identity and be proud of it. I know that. Yeah. But I don't care. Because they're going to they're gonna judge me anyway without me being proud of it. So I, let me be proud of who the fuck I am and talk about it and then start a podcast and do this shit. But, so yeah, I would say I relate to 22 more. But the the thing, because 22 is they're like the 22nd soul, whatever. That's where they get their name from. Mm-hmm. And and I think in the movie they do refer to it as she sometimes. Yeah, but that's for simplicity. Because guess what? Fucking six year olds are also watching this movie, y'all. Yeah. Uh, they got to figure it out. But I think what was so cool for me is one I like. I love numerology and I like looking up symbolism and stuff. Mm. And I don't know if they did this, but it being Pixar and they and there's a lot of Easter eggs in that movie. Like if you look closely, you'll see like. The Eiffel Tower. You'll see the pizza truck that's always in Pixar movies. You'll see. Oh, uh, fun. I didn't yeah. even notice any you, of that. You see like a uh, Ferris wheel from Toy Story. You see all kinds of stuff. The little ball, um, and then Luxo Jr. You know, you see all those different things in the movie because they love that. They li- they love that symbolism. So I also think there was not a mistake that the number was twenty two. And if you look at the number twenty two, you'll see its relations to to angelic, uh, to angels, and to to identity and to hope and to all this stuff like that. And so I'm like, ah, oh, there's something about that. But yeah. then also, um, they never talk about this in the movie. But you know when you see a little kid and and they, everybody says like, wow, he's such an old soul. Like I didn't think about that until I watched this movie, and I'm like, oh. she's the 22nd soul. So I think they're showing us what an old soul would be like, and think about all the stuff that 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 the character goes through yeah. and has went through, and then they, when they go into a body, that's bam, you got a genius. Yeah, and you're like, why is this so kid so damn smart? Because yeah, and things so, connect differently yes, for them. Yeah. yeah, so it's like that's cool. I like it's that. like oh, it's like made me like it, it was all connecting. I was like, this is just such a fun movie. You know, Pixar movies are just fun and interesting. Like I wasn't watching uh, when I was a little kid. I wasn't watching Toy Story, and I was like, man, you know, this would have been so cool if like Woody was like uh, Mexican because I would have been able to like understand him better. But I was like, no, it's a cowboy toy. I mean, cool. It was, a you know, I mean, it was not cool that it was, they're all like white characters, but they were the only two white char- toys on the thing, them and Bo Peep. The rest of them was like a T-Rex and a pig <laughs> and a Mr. Potato Head. Yeah. I always assumed Mr. Potato Head, Mr. Potato Head was black. <laughs> so Slinky Dog? What Slinky Dog? Slinky Dog, I thought he was black too. <laughs> So, like, I mean, I guess because they're brown, but I, <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, like, I can see it. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it's uh, it's just, like, I don't I wasn't looking at Pixar movies like that. Yeah. Princess and the Frog, I will hold that one to task a little bit harder because it was marketed as, like, she's the first black princess. Yeah, they, this, that, that was the, their whole, you know, marketing campaign. And marketing campaigns is what make people mad, I think. When you push something, a narrative really hard. If you just said, hey, here's our next princess movie. Yeah. Oh, it would have spread by word of mouth. Unless they black. said that. I wasn't paying attention. And they were like, this is Pixar's first black movie. Yeah, no, they were very hard. I remember this because me as a white kid in San Ynez at 17, I even noticed like they're pushing this really hard. That she's like, this is the first black princess. No, yeah, I know that. Stuff. I saw that at Comic Con. I that's yeah. what I got it. It was I was like, really? This is what we're announcing at Comic Con? Yeah. And I was in Hall H and they were like, Oh, premiere, Princess and the Frog. And I was I actually was super stoked. I was a little high, but I was stoked. <laughs> um <laughs> Honestly, it was, it's I don't know. It's, it's still like a good movie. It's, it's still not, cool. Yeah. Like, I mean, those actors and stuff that they're fucking classic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it could have been better. Yeah. Well, um, I really like things about that film, and I don't want to spoil kind of one of the main themes. Well, I want to talk about one of the themes without spoiling it. Maybe we can do... Which one? Could we have a, like, spoiler conversation where we warn our listeners, like, like, you know, skip ahead if you don't want to hear this part. Okay, I guess. Um, Just in case it's a little bit of a spoiler. So this is a spoiler alert. But the theme kind of for, you know, we we talked about 22 and the old soul kind of thing. 
But for Joe, I feel like he he's a person who lived his life for a purpose. And then he kind of missed out on the value of living life for for living sake. Like he was just all one note and all driven in this one way. And something that has helped me a lot as I grown up and being like, well, what's the point of life and all that is like, I know that purpose is very important for people. Some people don't have purpose. Some people do. And, you know, whether it's like, oh, do I live life to be happy or do I live life like, you know, for a purpose? Usually you're more satisfied with your life when you have uh, something that you're striving for, some purpose or some cause that you, you know, believe in and, 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 you know, you think your life is going towards something. Um, versus you know the discovery that 22 makes where it's like oh like there is in my opinion it was kind of just like living for living sake so like i don't know what your opinion is on that or that or i just wanted to hear your thoughts on the difference um i i mean i i think because in the movie basically spoiler alert is that they get to the point where they were misinterpreted what the spark was yeah and so uh, without giving that away too much yeah, yeah but yeah. like the misinterpretation of what the spark was is what led to con- to the confusion into into striving for the wrong goal yeah which is what a lot of people kind of i think uh fuck up with and this is going back to what i was talking about at the beginning okay is that you everyone focuses on whether you like baseball cards or whether you like shopping more that was not that's not it it was what makes you happy mm is what's it. Because that is a thing that can relate. That is a thing that, that is your true purpose, is what makes you happy. Which means, that means that everyone is included in that. Because every, there should be something that makes everyone happy. Some people might be like, I just want to have a family. Because I was younger, I, was, I was, grew up all by myself, I was adopted or something, or I was an orphan. I just want a family. I want a husband, I want a wife, I want children, and I just want to take care of a house. Cool. Awesome. When you get that, it makes you feel great. Some people are like, I want a fucking career, and I want to, I want to be at the top of my game, and I want to wear suits, and I want to work on Wall Street. That's your goal. Cool. Have at it. Somebody's like, I just want to just live life. I don't even care if I live in the woods and I ain't got no money. I don't get to be off the grid, and I just want to do that, and that'll make me happy. Cool. Do that everyone has different purposes it's not all the same but what the things we can relate on is what the way it makes you feel so like in the movie uh he has this moment where i feel like he's just trying to be everybody you gotta be into jazz like i'm into jazz which mm. is why they use jazz because that like is very neckbeardy about it because a ja- lot of people do about yeah jazz, jazz do, there's like that you, yeah. you see movies like law land and shit which is a terrible depiction of jazz because this movie shows that black people are involved in jazz music, <laughs> <laughs> other than John Legend. But um, uh, that's so funny because I just feel like John Legend and like Jimmy Fox are like the only two like black people I can think of, like men that like play piano and like act. Okay, um, <laughs> good casting. Yeah, good casting. But yes, I think we're focused. We focus so much too on the on the physical and the material part of it instead mm. of what it makes you feel like. Yeah. Like, this is why Marie Kondo is like, what brings you joy? You keep it in your house. And if something doesn't spark any joy in you, get rid of it. Because it's just that it does nothing, it doesn't need to be here. It's taking up space. Now, it doesn't have yeah. to be just clothes and kitchenware. That can be people. That can be a job. That can be a life choice. That can be anything. If it's not bringing you happiness or joy, get rid of it. Yeah. Get rid of it. I know it might make you might make you not have enough enough money. It might end a relationship you've been in for fifteen years. It might, uh, I don't know, make your family upset. I don't know. It could be a whole lot of things that. But if it makes you happy, that's the that's what's so important because you being happy, I promise, will probably in turn make a, a bunch of other people happy because they can relate to that. That is contagious. They can get, they can catch on to that. They're like, "Ooh, this yeah. person is just in a good mood." I don't, totally. I don't like the shit that they like. Uh-uh, I ain't into that. But I just <laughs> like that they're happy about it. I want to be happy about shit. And so yeah. then they could relate off of that, and you vibe off that energy. That's true. But I feel like one thing that I appreciate that the film did, you know, in 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 showing that aspect is showing how even though he thought jazz made him happy, like. He was pursuing it to the point where he was missing out on so much more that that life had to offer. Like, yes, he, he, he thought only the pursuit of that one thing made him happy, and that he would feel exponentially happy when he got to a point in his career when he when that he wanted to reach. Which, as he says in the film, he says, "Well, I got here and I don't feel any different." 
Because that wasn't it. Yeah. It, it was the whole time when I was watching the movie, I was like, oh, shit. I like, I like, they made this movie with me in mind. You know, I think that I'm selfish. I, I think wanted that I to ask you, do you low-key feel attacked that. by this film? But I didn't want to. I kind you. of felt attacked because I, I realized I complained. Remember how many times I complained to you? Where I'm like, I'm tired of every time I try to go do it, get in a situation where like, I want people to be like, help me and te- like teach me. I always find myself somehow teaching someone else. And I'm like, I'm so sick of that. And it's like, well, bitch, maybe because you put yourself in that position and you actually do like it. So yeah. it watching him throughout the movie, he already was doing what he liked to do. He didn't realize it when he because when he saw the you know the girl and inspired and stuff like that, and she went to play her music, and then he was teaching her all that stuff like that. And then when he allowed Twenty Two walk a mile in his shoes, which is fucking, I was like Pixar, yeah. that, that's fucking, that Clutch. was perfect uh, screenwriting right there. Yeah. Um, but that anyway, um, that seeing him like be a great teacher is like that's cool. That 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 can bring joy to you, and that that is that is a path that people can take. And like I was like maybe I you know like I would love to be a teacher for creative writing and screenwriting in my future. Totally. And well, I was gonna say like did that make you want to be a teacher at all? Yeah, I mean I originally before I went to Chapman I I was going to go to school for to be an English teacher. That was my my mm-hmm. dream, my desire. My my mentor early on, and someone I still look up to. He was my English teacher or English professor at uh, my first college. That's awesome. And I still want to do it. I I just want to do it when I'm like. I want to be on my shit. I know. I want, I want to I want, flex on somebody. I, yeah, like, I want to be a teacher. Kids. I'm like, no one can argue with me, bitch. I got books, motherfucker. I got an Oscar. Yeah, yeah I got an Oscar. <laughs> and I set that shit right on front of the, uh, the classroom. Be like, look at this shit. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I got to I, I gotta obtain, I got to enough to be a teacher. This is because that's how highly I think of teachers. Yeah. I think that you have to be like super smart to be one. I know. I, I feel un, I feel underqualified. I'm not Extremely ready yet. underqualified. I would so not be all, a good one. Right <laughs> to now. all my friends and people that are teachers, that's what I think of you. I think I'm like, y'all got, it takes a certain type of intelligence to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, my I will say my only criticism with the film, because like the story is really great. The art is really interesting. There's some really cool ways that they play with like the medium in the film. Like when he like, I don't know, just the way that they do the soul, the world that they're in, you know, the kind of like the you seminar and all that stuff. But um, my one criticism is that I feel like the whole him discovering that that that's what he loved, like what you said, I felt like that moment wasn't in the actual in the film or it was like throughout the film. So it didn't have that climactic moment for him. Where he realized that's what it is. I mean, yes, he but does, and that he's I think, actionable. I but. think I think they were getting that that it doesn't need. To, it's not one little thing, and that's it. It's all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's because true. it's. But the, the I think they they touched on it at the very beginning. We, we just weren't catching it. The minute he was paired with twenty two, he was doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. No, I, I that's what I thought the whole time, but I never thought the film made a climatic climactic cathartic moment of it that you know like that summed everything up really well i don't know maybe that's just me as a viewer and what i was expecting oh he needed to like say verbalize it or yeah i was just a, i wanted there that be that moment where he realizes like goes back and he's like oh all of these kids because i think about there was the guy who got him the gig and he was a teacher he's like oh you're my favorite teacher man and like i don't know i just I was see but he already did more. it he the thing is he already was doing it it was yeah. there wasn't any like there wasn't he was trying to wait for this resolution that he already had the resolution he just was ignoring it it's like literally like That's someone true. was like, oh, here, I put a happy ending for your book. And then you, they kept going like, well, what's the next chapter? What's happening now? And it's like, it ha- I, get, I wrote it. You already, it happened. Yeah. So he, he, his happy ending happened a long time ago. He just didn't connect with it. And then I That's feel true. like in that, there's another spoiler alert. <laughs> when he's talking with his mom and his mom can see his joy. That was great. Then that's what made her be like, oh, this is some real shit. This is it. So she changes her tune. Yeah, because because the emotion he so instead of just saying jazz 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 mommy he was like happiness 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 mommy yeah. and she's like oh I get it now okay well I want my son to be happy so it's like yeah. I just I don't know people at the end of the day I don't know it makes it sound like it's like so fucking easy and you just quick flick a switch it's not well because isn't that the whole problem is that we we we're like always trying to figure out how to make ourselves feel happy and it's like so difficult. <laughs> 
All right, so another thing in Brahma Kumari, like when I said the Supreme Soul, there's this idea that there's a place, there's a uh, an area where we all start off, which is just like this movie where all the souls are, right? The great yeah. before, the great, the great beyond, whatever. There, it's kind of one in in in, the, in in their thing, but it's basically this area where all the souls collectively are. Where I'm saying where we all before we get these skin bags and before we're bones and eyeballs and dogs and cats and shit. Before all of that, <laughs> uh, it's like all of these souls connecting and vibing with each other. And the way how I see it, another another comparison I have is with live music, which is ironic because soul, you know, we think we could think of music, soul music, and how it makes you feel and stuff like that. But think about it if you're at a concert. And now if you're at a concert with thousands of people, you're not looking to the person on your left or the person on your right going, oh, do they like Shawn Mendes too? Yes, they fucking like Shawn Mendes too. <laughs> they fucking bought a ticket and they're at the concert with you. Yeah. You never ask yourself that, right? If anything, you're like, how stoked are you right now? Yes. Looking to the left, like looking to the right, like, are you loving this? I'm loving this. You're vibing. Or and if you're a hipster, you're like, he doesn't love this as much as I love this. Yeah, you're, but you still, but you, but you're just being weird now. Yeah, but, sorry, get back to your point. <laughs> but yeah, so like, by the end of the day, you never ask yourself that while you're at a concert. You literally just vibing off each other's energy. Everybody, some people are singing the songs. Some people like to stand there and not say anything at all. Some people don't even stand up at all and just sit there. But they're all enjoying it in different ways. You never, you don't want to spend, you don't want to waste your time and be like, I'm just gonna stand here and just and be mad at you because you're not standing up and singing all the lyrics like me i'm gonna spend the whole time at the concert just doing that if you did that you would look ridiculous right yeah and you're having a terrible time that, and people in our world do that that's yeah. what that's what you look like if you are a trump supporter storming the capitol building you, or, or you know yeah you don't like america fit. like i like america i need you to like america just like i like it and it's like nigga you got orchestra seats why can't? Why are you? Why are you hollering in the nosebleeds that I'm sitting down? They, it's like it's like they're in the orchestra seats and then they jump on stage and they're like, "This isn't how it's done." Yeah, they're like mad. Like I don't like all the people sitting way up there, way in the rafters. You're not excited as about it as I, as I am. They're like, "Yeah, because I'm in the fucking rafters. All the only ticket they would sell to me is this fucking nosebleed seat, bitch. Shut <laughs> up." I don't want to hear you fussing at me, but so like, yeah. but then it's so like, if you're at a concert, you don't have to, that's, you don't, no one's doing that. No one's trying to, I mean, some people probably might be, fuck them. But most of the time people are vibing and, and, and feeling the positive energy because they're all collectively enjoying this moment. And that's what I, I see like identifying and relating to people's souls is like, like imagine mm. you're at a fucking concert when you see a bunch of people walking around the street and you're like, I don't know how to relate to them and shit. Imagine you're at a concert. And you need and you need to either make them feel the music a little bit more, get more excited and stuff like that. You probably be like, yeah, or like sing the lyrics with them or yeah. you'll try to cheer them up or, or pump them up. Why are we not doing that? Like I, I yeah. the, the result of of all of the frustrations and problems in America and the world, it seems like the solution we should be trying to do is like, how do we make each other more happy? Yeah. Like I should be like, what are you mad about? Oh my god, why are you mad about that? How do I make you happy? Like, if we ask people that more often, like, what would make you happy? I feel like we might we might get to some better solutions. It's almost like if the government was actually run by the people and they actually checked in with us over what we wanted. Like, you know, everyone's like, yeah, send us $2,000 stimulus checks. Like, <laughs> I think 80% of America wants that, 85%. But there's a lot of people that keep saying that they don't want to give free money away. Some people are weird and like... Well, those are the those are the people that are like just mad that other people are happy. Yeah. Like the the problem is like our government doesn't do that. Like they they only they ask their donors, they ask the billionaires, what's gonna make you happy today? Let me do what's gonna make you happy, billionaire. What's gonna make you happy, but multi-millionaire? They, but people do that. Like and that and like you if you go to go back to a concert analogy, yeah. you have the people in the box seats and you have the people in the or, orchestra seats and shit way in the front, and they get fucking VIP everything handed to them, make sure they're all comfortable and shit like that. When they're so fucking rich, they didn't even know where they're at. They, this this don't mean nothing to them. They yeah. could they could see this concert Shawn Mendes where the fuck it is any day of the week. They don't give a damn about that. 
It's so you lose perspective, I think, when you're that rich. Yeah, they probably don't even enjoy it that much. Some of them do, but most of them probably don't. Now there's yeah. that person who scrounged all their last pennies up to get that fucking ticket, and this is the first time they've ever been to a concert, only oh, time they've ever been to a concert. It. They're fucking loving it. We should be trying to look at how that person's enjoying it. That person yeah. who is poor and shouldn't even be at this concert, how are they enjoying it? So, like, it's... I I agree with you, man. That's, yeah, I, just, I think that would, that would revolutionize the world, I think. Yeah, we just need to treat each other like we're fucking on drugs at a concert. <laughs> just imagine rolling on Molly all the time. Yes, I mean, if you don't know what that's like, uh, look it up, because there's just movies about it and shit. Yeah, I feel like somebody somebody made some art about that. At some yeah, point. just imagine, like, I don't understand what, like, why people like being upset and in pain. I'm going to tell you as a black man right now, I do not fucking like it. If you yeah. want, if you want oppression... And you want to you want to feel what I feel? Then cool, I'll come get come get some. I'll give I'll I'll give you an earful. Listen to the last twenty something episodes. I think guilt guilt makes you real crazy. I think guilt makes you feel like you're like oh no, I'm not feeling I'm not feeling pain. Therefore, I have to create pain, and that's where all the 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 want the uh, masochistic like need for pain comes from for like so yeah. many people. But I guess it, I, I guess it should challenge myself, my own theory though. It's like you have to be able to relate to those emotions as well. That's true. They're, so, they're definitely there. So I don't know, man. I think you're you're on something. I think this is a good start. Yeah, I don't know. Let's just, just look look deeper. Look into people's souls. <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 be so focused on the outside shit because the outside shit is fucked up. Yeah, we're getting we're getting too attached to this this earthly stuff. I think. Yeah, because what if, I mean, we're going to be so mad when we all die and then we actually do turn into them blue things. We'll be like, <laughs> what this if is Pixar what? knew? What if that's what it is? <laughs> if it's actually just that? We're going to be blue blobs. I'd be like, why are we blue? Why are we Smurfs? What the fuck? <laughs> they were so cute though, weren't they? Oh, the little, the like, little ball ones? Yeah. Yes. They were so cute. Oh, I loved it. We said that at the same time. What? We, lo- we said we loved it at the same time. Did we? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.